How will America end? In the news, President Joe Biden overturns Donald Trump's executive order 13920, which would put strict regulations on foreign adversaries like China or Russia from importing, acquiring, or installing bulk power systems for fear that one of these adversaries might have the power to simply turn off an American power grid. Now, instead of focusing on Joe Biden or keeping the memory of Trump alive, I want to look at American xenophobia of other countries. Is it warranted? Is it accurate? Would an American demise come at the hands of another country or another species? All this and more coming up. Remember to smash that like button, comment below, subscribe to this channel, share the video out far and wide, and get ready for a deep dive right here on Waking Infinity News. Welcome back to Waking Infinity News. I'm your host, Ben Joseph Stewart. And the question I'm posing today is, how will America end? Let's face it, all things eventually end. They run their cycle and they end. I believe that America, at least as a dominant superpower, will end. The question is, when? Will it be soon or in the very distant future? How will it end? A lot of people are saying if it ends anytime soon, it'll probably be at the hands of China this superpower that just rose all the way over the past, let's say, 50 years to number two. Now, many people are saying they're neck and neck. Some are saying they're already gaining some kind of superiority. Well, if you look at superpowers, they don't really last too long. And when they end, sometimes they don't even really disappear. Look at Great Britain. It's still around. Rome, it's still around. Egypt is even still around. But they're really just relics from a bygone era. Something that's more put on a shelf and said, hey, look at this country, this great nation, this great empire. They have a lot of history. We're gonna keep them around so we can go there on vacation and send tourism through there so we can look back into our own past. Maybe, maybe not, but will this be the way America ends? If you look at the history, of most republics. The life expectancy is only around 250 years. So how long has America been in service? Hmm. And six years from now, that's right around the end of the current crisis period or the fourth turning as Neil Howe calls it. If you want to know more about this, look back at episode 17, Martin Luther King Jr. and the coming winter crisis. But the big question is, all these cyclical crisis periods seem to end in war, either with other countries or within a country. But if World War III were upon us, would we know? We've heard about World War III being something that dwarfs all other wars, but also is not really recognizable in the same way as other wars happen. So would we know if it were already upon us? It's a good question. Let's go back to the cybersecurity attack that happened at the end of 2020, the supposed Russian hack of SolarWinds and the FireEye company. Was it Russia? We're still being told that it is. If you look at them, their GDP is not even in the top 10. Their technology is okay, it's a contender. Their military is okay, it's a contender. Jeffrey Barnard, one of the main inventors of 5G technology, told me personally right after I put out the cybersecurity Russia or China episode that 
Blaming it all on Russia is probably inaccurate. There was another cybersecurity individual from New Jersey that said exactly the same thing to me personally in the very same week. Something we have to look at. Is it Russia or is it China? Other people are saying, well, it looks like it would probably be closer to a Chinese threat. They are closer to having super intelligent AI. So let's take a look at China. Foster and Kimberly Gamble of the Thrive films, Thrive One and Thrive On, met with a high net worth individual in China. And after chatting with this individual for quite some time, eventually the guy turned to them and said, what is your obsession with freedom? They didn't understand that. That was a paradigm shift for them. How could this individual not understand the desire for freedom? So you have to ask yourself, are the Chinese brainwashed? Is it the fault of the CCP that people can live in such tightly surveilled and restricted conditions and call that absolutely fine? What is your obsession with freedom? Well, you have to ask yourselves, what is freedom? Is it an illusion? Are Americans brainwashed into thinking that we have freedom? Given this false carrot dangling in front of us where we think if you just strive enough, eventually you'll have some kind of freedom. All the while, even high net worth earners right here in America are working their tails off, giving themselves coronary issues, giving themselves heart attacks, chasing some fictitious number, thinking that eventually one day, one day for them and their families and future generations, they'll get enough to have what we call freedom. You have to ask yourself, is that the illusion? What is freedom truly? Let's take a look at an excerpt from a film I made early in 2020 called Esoteric Agenda 2. It's available on benjosephstewart.com and here is just a tiny clip of the evolution of China's rise to power since 1949. History lesson. In 1949, Mao Zedong announced the beginning of the People's Republic of China. In 1978, there were no private Chinese companies. Three years later, and five years after Mao Zedong's death, private companies were swiftly on the rise. In 1987, Ren Zhengfei won a contract with the People's Republic of China, who in turn protected Huawei. Today, Huawei and Samsung are the leading smartphone vendors in the world. The revolution belongs to 5G technology and the rise of AI, and China is rumored to be ahead of the US. By 2025, China plans to be the leader in 10 tech fields such as driverless cars, AI, robots, and quantum computers. By 2035, they wish to be the world's leading tech innovator. By 2049, the 100-year anniversary of the People's Republic of China, they aim to be the global power. Full stop. If any of this is true beyond global theatrics, then what we are experiencing right now might be the fight for the crown on covert grounds. Graham Allison points out that Thucydides wrote, it was the rise of Athens and the fear it instilled in Sparta that made war inevitable. Out of 16 historical accounts of a superpower watching another rise swiftly through the ranks, 12 instances ended in war. China has had the fastest growing economy since the birth of the internet. But should we really be fearing China? The Chinese government? Chinese technology? Or is it all a left hand, right hand magic trick? 
to get us bickering about the key players and ignoring the real dilemma. What exactly is this technological creature that we're building? Come on, interact with me. Wait a minute. Yes, what is it you want to know? Who the hell are you? Me. I'm here to do your every slightest bidding. To fetch and carry for you. To work tirelessly and selflessly on your behalf. Always ready, always willing. No job too small or too medium. So as you probably saw, where that clip was leading was, I don't believe that xenophobia against China or against Russia or against anything human is really what we need to be focusing on. While I do believe that there may be an immediate threat of the power grid in the United States due to China or due to Russia, I don't believe that is really focusing on the greater problem. So I'm not saying we don't need to focus on that. What I am saying is we need to prioritize our focus from that where the mainstream media Media is constantly telling us about these things that pose very real but very human level thinking threats. What if we're not really addressing the elephant in the room? What if the elephant in the room is something that we don't even understand? Not really human, but another species altogether. Sam Harris tells us that whoever develops the first super intelligent AI will instantaneously become either the global superpower or will be simply the country that presses the button that spawns a new species that will dominate the planet. What if we're not truly forward thinking enough right now, not realizing that a hundred generations of human ingenuity could be done in a single hour with super intelligent AI? Elon Musk says superintelligent AI is really only two to three years away. He said probably by 2023 it will be here. So are we missing the forest for the trees? Are we focused on the small details in the room and not seeing the elephant in the room? When we're taking a look at the fears that we have by China trying to rush into being a global superpower by 2049, when superintelligent AI is being claimed by one of the only people in the world that would really know how close we are, saying that it is only a couple years away. What if the mainstream media was actually keeping us focused on a mild boogeyman? So we're really just disgruntled, but not full-on panicked. If all the news came out all at once and said the major superpowers of the world don't know how to stop building a creature that will absolutely dominate the planet 1,000 fold stronger than humanity and 1 million times faster, and this will happen halfway through Biden's first term in office. So maybe our aspirations of freedom are a little misplaced when we're solely focused on elections and how we have to wear masks to the grocery store. Should we be worried that potentially China or Russia or some foreign adversary or even a private group could, if they wanted, shut down the power system because they have technological backdoors into bulk power systems in the United States? Maybe. So maybe we should be a little bit worried about Biden overturning Executive Order 13920. But we should really learn how to prioritize this and prioritize it amongst bigger threats that are facing us. This is tantamount, potentially tantamount, to arguing about how the furniture is arranged on a sinking ship like the Titanic. So, 
I need to leave you with some solutions. The tech YouTuber Tom Scott did a TEDx talk where he mentioned that all of our empirical data from the past can come back to haunt us. Let's say job applications that favor males more than females, picked up by search engines, turned into a behavior of these algorithms. Any discrimination of any kind, picked up by the search engines, turned into a behavior of the algorithms. Even Charles Ostman, who focuses on technology and its impact on the future, says that AI is already learning from behavior through social media. So it's learning about how to behave, how to, in a sense, structure its identity based off of the average of people's behavior on social media. If that's not scary enough, we should really start looking at how to do this better. And I think there is a way. In fact, this way might already be happening. So what if there were some kind of algorithm that only learned from the best of us, not from the average, but from gurus, sages, savants, shamans, and those committed and devoted to unconditional love of all creation rather than just siloed tribes of those who fear and distrust other aspects of creation. They want it all for themselves and they fear and distrust others if not absolutely hate the others. What if there was a social platform where only unconditional love was brought deeper and deeper into the inner circles? So the outer circle would be something tantamount to anyone can come to church as long as you have enough space to hold them. Well, in a digital platform, you would have enough space to house them. And if you house enough people and there's an inner circle with enough wherewithal and enough commitment and intention to only bring in those by invitation who they believe can truly hold the space of unconditional love in the face of some of the biggest problems that humanity right now faces. Right off the bat, you can definitely see that there will be people who think that this is all controlled by the Rothschilds or Satoshi Nakamoto and they will just be skeptical no matter what of that inner circle. There's nothing you can really do about that because distrust runs so deep that no matter what, if there's any money or any power behind anything, there will simply be distrust. So, you can't do anything about that, but that doesn't mean that it is impossible to make a group of those who are committed to unconditional love. And if that group is there and their intention is solid, then they won't be derailed by the distrust of people in that outer circle. So that doesn't actually present any kind of a problem as long as that inner circle is there. Now, this is just a thought experiment. Or is it? Is this not already happening? I can't go much deeper into it here, but I would like to say, and I would venture to say, it is already happening. But I'll bring this up in the next show, which will be the Waking Infinity Stories. So I can spin a yarn, I can tell you a little bit of fiction, and I can also go into the hypothetical space that this social media platform, only for those who know how to truly stand in unconditional love in the face of all of our problems, excluding those who have good intentions but they don't have the emotional maturity to stand in love and solidarity when looking at things in the world that seem completely hopeless. 
We need those who have learned how to keep their soul and their self-center in the face of the greatest and most despicable looking problems in the world. We know that there are those out there who mean well, but they do not know how to express it to the world. We need those who have figured out how to express it. So in the Waking Infinity stories, that is where I am going to bring to you the idea that potentially in fiction, this is already happening and it will be rolled out potentially to the public in, let's say, maybe one to two years time. So. I want to give great gratitude and thanks for all of those who have been continually coming back to benjosephstewart.com, signing up to become members, going over to Patreon, becoming a patron, and taking that deeper dive into more instructional and deeper looks at what I can't say here on YouTube or any other social media platform because cancel culture is becoming hot and alive. I want to say thank you so much for taking a microdose of infinity with me on YouTube. I want to say thank you to YouTube. Thank you to Facebook. Thank you to all those who made this technology possible. And to remember, technology is not evil in and of itself. And it doesn't make itself evil simply by the people at the very top. It is a holistic process, meaning those within, all the people who make up the entire population of Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, any kind of platform also has some kind of buying power. If everyone just left, there would be nothing for the Mark Zuckerbergs, for you know any of those CEOs of these companies to actually do. This is where the power truly lies. Not in pointing fingers at others saying, you need to fix our problems for us. For us to wake up to the infinity within and find our own potential. That is the power we've always had. That's the power we are continually forgetting about by watching the news and thrusting all of our sovereignty back into others and saying, please save me. It's not going to happen that way. That's not what this Waking Infinity News segment is all about. That's not what any of the new awakening is ever going to be about. And if we are going to truly face the technological powers that I believe are truly coming, we're going to need to find that center of unconditional love. Well, that's my news and I'm sticking with it. I love you guys. I really appreciate it. I'll find you over in the deeper dive section at Waking Infinity News and I'll catch you next time. 